You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. Look, here's the deal. Everyone everywhere does something to try to make themselves right. It can be something good like helping people in your community. If you set up a nonprofit that is attractive to certain people with wealth or status, or uh, people who you crave the attention from, uh, then you feel it. You feel justified, made right, and in good standing because of your work. You can do certain things that a belief system or a religious group, a philosophy, say you should be doing. Then you will receive looks of either admiration or jealousy, it doesn't really matter which, from a strange little tribe of people that you have thrown in with. And you will sense that right action according to your fellow devoted followers in this group, in this tribe, have made you righteous, justified in the group. On the other hand, you could be someone who thinks that uh, those holy rollers and the do-gooders are boring and wasting their time. And in that case, you will find a group of people to be with, a, a tribe, a gang that will accept you because of the things that you are willing to do, which may seem, uh, from the perspective of outsiders, to be inappropriate or immature or undesirable. You may talk in a certain profane way, or do any old thing that your companions think is cool. These things will make you right in the eyes of those around you. You will be justified by them. The only problem is that saving your whole community or city from collapse, no matter how noble and beautiful, it cannot save you from death, and it cannot save you from judgment. Acting in whatever way a religious community or social club tells you is good cannot save you from death and judgment. <laughs> Your style of clothing cannot save you. Your diet cannot save you. Your undying faithfulness cannot save you. Fitting into or playing your part in your gang, tribe, friend group, and or culture group cannot save you. See, all of these things, these expectations of behavior that you and others place upon you are what we call works. Specifically, works of the flesh or works of the law. And the first thing that Paul wants you to see is that Jesus came to make you right and righteous before God and that this is the best good news because by works of the law, no one can be saved. By works of the flesh, no one will be justified. And the second thing that Paul wants you to learn is that you have been set free from Satan's sin, death, and hell, that you have been given freedom from the law. You no longer need to use your neighbor to make yourself good and right. 
You have been set free from that in Jesus. And since no one will be justified by works of the law, Jesus lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death for you, and has been raised from the grave as a guarantee that you have been set free to live for and love your neighbor as yourself because your being made right and righteous is all on him. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And that leads us to our big idea for today. Jesus has reaped what you sowed and you have gained all the fruit that he planted for you. This letter that we're finishing today was written with ferocity and with forceful language. And it comes across so strong in many places, so black and white, so dichotomous in so many different places because Paul has a deep care and concern for these brothers and sisters in Galatia who gladly clung to Jesus, resting and relying on him for their salvation because they say all their self-salvation projects were failing. Paul is concerned because certain false teachers have come in and started to steal away these young believers' confidence and their assurance. And they have replaced a confident reliance on Jesus with self-improvement projects. They took the faithfulness of Christ for you and replaced it with your faithfulness to him. They took the Holy Spirit and replaced it with guidelines for taming the flesh. They were taking salvation, and more specifically, your justification, and throwing it out the window. But at the end of last week, Paul reminded us that our status in Jesus does not change as we uh, engage, befriend, and minister to those who do not have it all together. And he encouraged us not to waste our righteousness, which was given to us. Don't waste our righteousness by avoiding those caught up in sin. Instead, Paul wants us to freely love and serve those around us by carrying them and their burdens. Using a righteousness that doesn't come from anyone or inside of ourselves other than Jesus. He even went so far as to say that if we are all seeking to be more like Jesus, then we should ignore works of the law and instead walk in the way that the Spirit is already leading us. That means shouldering other people's burdens and taking them to the cross, giving them to Jesus. Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 to 10. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows in his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then... 
as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially those who are of the household of faith. The Galatians had teachers and preachers who were continuing to teach what Paul had handed down to them. And, like all Christians, they ignored their preachers to try to find something that tickled their ears just a little bit more. (laughs) But Paul tells them here to share all good things with the one that teaches. First and foremost, this means encouragement. Hear the preacher. If he teaches and proclaims well from the text of Scripture, then great, you should listen to him. And then you can pass along encouragement to him by allowing him to see you grow and change through the power of the Spirit working through the Word. Then Paul starts to make some uncomfortable comparisons with the false teachers and the rotten fruit that has grown because of them. If something is done out of selfish ambition, then we will be left with the fruit that we try to grow on our own without God. But someone who is relying on the Spirit in the midst of going about what is put in front of them to do each day, they will be seeing the encouragement that is theirs already in Christ, and their faith will be strengthened. Because of this, Paul tells us in verse 9 not to grow weary of bearing one another's burdens. This tells us that it will be tiresome and not always fun. It may not produce the more instant good feeling that doing things for ourselves would, but producing good feelings and false assurance is not what we have been called to. So do not grow tired of getting other people's sin on you. Remember that the righteousness that you have in need is yours in Christ. Remember that caring for those who also belong to Christ is what you have been called to. Keep loving and serving one another. Keep on bringing one another back to a place of completeness, struggling with each other, struggling alongside each other, and reminding each other of who we are because of Jesus. Remember that all the works that you want to worry yourself with lead to corruption. And if creating backup plans to faith in Jesus by doing other things is a good idea. If you think that, please remember that it will lead to everlasting corruption. And even as you walk in the Spirit, remember that you are not perfect. You will sin. But the rotten fruit of sin that you plant is what Jesus gathered up for himself on the cross and you gained all the fruit that he planted for you instead. Galatians chapter 6, verses 11 to 18. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may boast in your flesh. 
but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. In verse 11, Paul takes the pen out of the hand of Timothy or Titus or whatever companion is with him and starts writing with letters that even his damaged eyes can make out. And he uses these big letters to write big, offensive things. Those false teachers who think that they're hot stuff, they come saying that they're following the law and so should you because this is what Jesus wants. It looks good on the outside, but that's the only place that it looks good. In fact, they are starting to say that circumcision can save you and they are ignoring the work of Christ on the cross. And Paul finally comes out with why they are doing this in verse 12. They are avoiding being persecuted for the name of Jesus. They want to say that they are lawful, but they don't keep the law. And they know that they can't live up to the law and keep it. And so they go around and try to get other people to follow the, follow the law so that they can show other Jews in Jerusalem all the good work that they are doing in the world. Paul tells the Galatians that they are showing off all the foreskins of the men that they have circumcised so that they can boast in the flesh of others while living life according to the flesh. This is like so many churches and so many so-called churches today who try to fill up buildings all the way to the ceiling with people who are living better lives. They need to boast in the flesh. In verse 14, Paul encourages us to push that far away from us. Instead, we should only boast in Jesus and his cross. All of the fleshy, self-serving, and corrupting sin of this world, of ours, has been put to death on the cross. And now Paul is able to look out at the world and see people not as a means to use and save himself. No, he looks at the world and sees people who Jesus died for. He was crucified for their sin, and Paul is going to preach them that message. It does not matter whether you are a Jew or a Gentile. It does not matter what amazing code of conduct you have to live by or if you are surviving one day to the next without thinking about it. It only matters what you fear, love, and trust about above all else. Your work or Jesus' work for you. Neither circumcision nor not circumcision matters. It only matters that you have been made new by Jesus. If you have been made a new creation, you are true Israel. You are the Israel of God, Paul says. 
Now, Paul has already went over this over and over again. Uh, you are related to Abraham by faith. Uh, having the marks of circumcision does not make you a child of Abraham. And this is one final slap across the face to the false teachers. See, though they may be Israel according to geography and blood, that does not make them a part of the Israel of God. In verse 17, Paul says this, Case closed. <laughs> this is the last word. Let no one hassle me or go against what I have taught. While they were all worried about having the right scars on their body from circumcision, I was preaching Jesus crucified for the forgiveness of sins and being whipped and abused for it. You want to hear about marks on someone's body? I have them. You want to hear about scars? Real scars? Scars like what Jesus had when he was flogged and taking on the sins of the whole world? Paul says, that's the kind of scars, that's the kind of marks that I've got. <laughs> Here's our big idea again for this week. Jesus has reaped what you have sowed. That is, that he has harvested what you have planted. And you have gained all the fruit that he planted for you. On the cross, Jesus took the sin of the whole world. He carried it for us, and he reconciled us to him by doing it. We do not have to strive toward a law or an outward perfection to be saved. We do not need to use others as a proof of our being made righteous. In fact, we need others to carry us when we are buckling under the weight of our sin and failures. Just like Jesus did for all of us. Just like Jesus did for you, you brought your sin and he brought his righteousness and he exchanged them without question so that you could be his adopted child, safe and saved. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, brothers and sisters. Amen. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.